Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm so glad that we've got this Monday together. You know, you never take any day for granted, do you? You shouldn't. We shouldn't, because this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. I wonder if you've had trouble today. If you've, If you're like me, there's probably some trouble out there lurking. And isn't it nice to know God is our refuge and our strength? We can go right to him, put it in his hands. Paul says, don't worry about anything, but in all your prayers, ask God for what you need. Always asking with a thankful heart. Sometimes when you go to God and you ask for something, do you go with a thankful heart or do you go to God angrily sometimes? Or do you go to God um, just wondering if God is going to even be listening? Because you might be mad. Always go with a grateful heart. And God's peace, which is far beyond human understanding, will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with Christ Jesus. We have a great show. Uh, Patrick Albany is going to be joining me in about 15 or 20 seconds, give or take a couple seconds. And then uh, it's going to be a great uh, rest of the day, I promise. The Monday afternoon mix will follow with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. And then Dr. Cal Beisner is going to be joining me from the Cornwall Alliance. Um, and he is going to bring us up to speed on what's going on uh, with climate science. And we're going to give you, our listeners, an opportunity to call and ask Cal questions. I usually hog all of his attention, but not today. I'm going to let you call and ask questions. He's a very bright mind. Get your best questions ready. You can even send them to me in advance if you want. 877-933-2484. But for now, my first guest is uh, how we get things started on Mondays with Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, welcome. I think was that take or get, did you give or take a few seconds there? I mean, it give was or take. I think I, I think I, I, I gave a couple. I, yeah. I gave a couple. I think a friend of mine used to say, you know, you know, uh, proximity isn't everything, but it's close. <laughs> uh, it's always, always kind of like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm coming to you via regular internet today. Okay. Because I just think that 5G that sounds expensive, doesn't it? It does. I wouldn't pay like, for it. Um, five grand? Are you kidding me? <laughs> How fast is it? Do they just like if you're streaming a play, would they just show up in your living room and say, "Let's just do this for you live"? I think that'd work out better for you. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Hey, gee, yeah, yeah. Okay, so last night, I have to say, the storm was pretty amazing. Uh, the light show last night. Uh, I haven't seen a light show like that since I saw Le- Led Zeppelin in tenth grade. What you tenth grade? You got to yeah. go see Led Zeppelin. Tenth grade, yeah. That's amazing. You need a chaperone, or oh, did you have course. to sneak out a window? It no, no. Like an Chaperones the whole thing. But the light show was unbelievable last night. Well, I had tickets, by the way, to that tour. It was going to come through Chicago. Uh, I think it was that tour. And you recall what happened? I don't. Uh, the drummer, the drummer John Bonham, mm-hmm. died before they made it to Chicago. Oh. So they cheerfully refunded the tickets because they knew. In 30 years, these are going to be worth a fortune on eBay. <laughs> Do not, don't 
Teenagers keep those tickets. Yeah. We're going to invent something called eBay where something like this will be worth a lot of money. So, mm. yeah, I was I was all excited. I was supposed to go see that light show. So I cannot fathom the storm that you saw. Oh, it was unbelievable. I didn't see light show. Now, you got it this morning, didn't you? The storm in Des Moines? Did it not hit yes, this morning? It, it, yeah. It, so um, I, I do this, the occasional uh, handyman job here. And, you know, sometimes you get these uh, requests to go out to an area and, and it'll always be vague. And the, the vague ones scare me. You know, uh, you know, sometimes they'll say, could you do some light electrical wiring? And you come in and the place has been gutted. You're going, you know, that's that's not quite light. But this one had a specific instruction said uh, they would like you to attach something to the house. So my wife just took great delight in that last night. She goes, you got to find out what this something is. What do you need attached to your house? And uh, when I arrived there, uh, they had all these various jobs. And she said, and then, you know, we, we built this pergola out back, covering the back porch. And we would like to have that attached to the house. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, boy, that's, that's a lot of, you want to make sure you get into a good, strong beam because you don't want that done in a haphazard fashion. You know, you don't want that thing creating other problems. So I set to work on another task. And all of a sudden, a couple of drizzles come. The sky turns dark gray and the winds start to blow. And next thing you know, I'm Ray Bolger going, it's a twister. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, now that wasn't as the scarecrow. That was as, do you know what his name was? Do you know which which of the farmhands, you know, do you recall his name? Was it Zeke? Was it Zeke? No, he wasn't Zeke. Okay. Yeah, uh, he was Hunk. Hunk, yeah. Oh, now, the definition of hunk in the 30s maybe is because <laughs> <laughs> he was anything but a hunk. Good but, point. Uh, so we we quickly you know grab the tools I have because I'm working on something outside. We get into the house, uh, and the power goes out, and about a minute later, we hear this loud crash smash. Look, look out the window, and the storm has taken the pergola ripped it out of the ground and thrown it against the house. Uh, so it's destroyed. Now, you know, first I'm thinking, I guess I won't be doing that job. And, and the woman <laughs> was upset. I said, no, upset would have been, had that been attached to the house, that wind is about 70 miles an hour. That might've just ripped a bunch of your siding off. I mean, that could have created a huge, huge mess thousands of dollars worth of damage right now you're out of pergola right so in a way we were an hour away from a disaster you know had i done that first or gotten here earlier or had the storm hit a little bit later and that had been attached to the house we would have been saying gosh how ironic is that we attached to the house and now i have no house (laughs) right so it could have ripped off a chunk of the house couldn't it especially the way you attach it the way I, yeah, because I would have been bolting through to the neighbor's house. I would have gone, taking out a neighborhood. This, thing, you know me, this thing's just, going nowhere. This, yeah, this will be the last, this and the roaches, that's what's going to be left <laughs> in the, at the end. You know, and as I was leaving the neighborhood, when it calmed down enough, I, I found three trampolines in the street. Uh, I've seen two friends on Facebook talk about their trampoline taken off, and I thought, gosh, we have a new wind metric. I don't know why we bother with all these things that are confusing. You know, earthquakes have a Richter scale. Who is this guy, Richter? But I think we should just call him, that's a seven trampoline. That's a seven trampoline storm, my friend. I, I saw seven trampolines in the street. You know it's bad Yeah, when trampolines are in the street. I always have to laugh yeah. when, you get you get in, when, it, when you get in an elevator and it has the name Otis in there and you think, well, 
Otis didn't invent the elevator. Otis invented the elevator brake because if it doesn't stop, it's just a metal shaft going down with bad and results. And it's funny, the, it's funny the, only, the only prominent Otises that you know are Otis from the Andy Griffith show right. and Otis from the Superman movie. And neither one of them were all that bright. You're thinking, do I want to get in something he built? <laughs> I mean, aren't, aren't all Otises the same? I'm well, you not think, entirely but not this one. I think this Otis was really smart because he was actually figured out a way to stop an elevator shaft plummeting otherwise towards its, its demise. Yeah, I well, how many experiments did they do before they said, you know, you better call Otis. We got to come up with something. He's pretty sharp. I'm sure a couple were, oops, better get Otis on the line. Yeah, Otis, he's good. He's good. Yeah, I don't know the phone hasn't been invented yet, but if we had that, yeah. call, call Bell and get him working on that. In the meantime, run down to Otis's place. Well, the and I liked how, by the way, I liked how you opened the show because you have these storms. We have uh, our backyard fences down, which belongs to the neighbors. So I'm getting a new Ooh, fence. How nice is that? It is really great. And I, I, I also have to look at, uh, I have these brittle ash trees that uh, don't have the uh, ash borer. It's hard to say. But um, whenever we get a windstorm, it takes all the brittle branches, cleans them out for me. I am saving a fortune on tree trimming. Is that ever nice? But, you know, you, you're right. I love how you when, you, when you talked about, you know, when you go to God, do you, do you go with hat in hand? Mm -hmm. And I am here to tell you, I do not, because I do not have a hat. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was actually my prayer. Dear God, yeah. you know, could I have a hat? People do, right. people do often go to God with uh, sometimes, you know, really strong emotions, and they're, they're angry, they're, they're scared, they're, you know, they're tense. And I get, I get all that, because that's me, often. But yeah. when God says, you know, uh, if any of you are, you know, worried, come to me and, and, uh, but do it with a spirit of gratitude. And I've, I have to be reminded that I do have to be thankful always and, and, I, and just yes. not, not be tense. And it's funny. I think about that and it. There was a period and I'm sure everybody goes through this where you say, oh, you know, if I pray to God right now, he's going to say, oh, it's you again. Well, what is it? What do you need? Because that's the only time you seem to come to me is when you need things. And I'm like, yeah, I know I should be talking to you a little bit more regularly. Um, uh, but I realize that he understands that. Mm -hmm. He understands that sometimes, you know, we fail in keeping the chain of communication uh, uh, open. And uh, I, I think that's the idea behind the gratitude. Uh, and, and while I love so much that, you know, we say uh, grace before dinner and we have the kids do it. Uh, and I know it, you know, oh, my son's almost 10 and my uh, daughter is 11, you know, that the, they, they sometimes say, are we just going through this as an exercise? It's like, you'll understand more one day why we do this, because it is an opportunity to sit down with God and say, I'm just here to say, thanks. That's it. I'm not, I'm not asking for anything. I'm here to say thanks for everything I already have. Cause I know I don't do that enough. Mm -hmm. I just don't do that enough. And we talked about this before, but you know, the very things that kids are prohibited from doing when they're younger and they're mad about are the very things they brag about to their friends when they get older. Oh, gosh, yes. Uphill to school both ways in bare feet, on horseback, in the snow, in July, mm -hmm. you know, the whole thing. Yeah. No, but, you know, when, when, kids, when kids are told that they can't do a certain thing and they're, they're all upset with their parents, but when they get older, they brag to their friends about what their parents wouldn't let them do. And now they're very pleased and happy their parents didn't let them do it. But at the time, they didn't like yeah, it at no, all. No, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know if we've discussed this uh, before, and, and, and I might be an unusual one-off, 
But um, I did not spend my teen years saying, when I get older and if I have children, I'm going to do everything entirely differently than the way my parents did. Mm -hmm. To heck with the way they did it. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, my kids are going to get, you know, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to discipline. I, 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 I promise you this is true. I didn't think that way. I said, I think my folks did a pretty good job. I mean, uh, you know, things weren't perfect, but we did what we could. And uh, their whole goal was to get me self-sufficient and on my own. And they were, you know, pretty big on that. Uh, you know, in, in, in fact, sometimes things were withheld. It's like, go figure it out. I know. I think your parents and, did you a big favor by telling you that. Yeah, it was, you know, my dad would all the time. It's like, what do you think those encyclopedias are for? Dust collecting? <laughs> did you have the Encycl- Encyclopedia Britannica's, or what, what series did, did you have? I think that was the one. And then, you know, you get the yearbook every year, which yeah. was the thing you look forward to because you said, well, this will talk about all the things that happened this year. And that right. was, was kind of the internet of its day. Yeah. And uh, it was, they were cool. Oh, they're very, what very cool. Take up a lot of space. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take a little yeah. break. And right before I go to break, Patrick, I will let you know I, I've had some listeners uh, pop in. Uh, uh, woman named Jan was at that very concert in uh, Led Zeppelin in 10th grade. Did you see her? I didn't see her, but I didn't know her at the time, but I don't know her uh, still, but anyway. Maybe a couple of rows <laughs> over. And then uh, my wingman Terry said, I have new respect for you, Led Zeppelin in 10th grade beats all my concerts during my high school years. <laughs> 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 Gotta love it. All right, we'll take a short break and be right back with Patrick Albanese. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. That is the walk of music for Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, you uh, got a story to tell, I think, about a, a friend of yours that you uh, recently uh, recently passed away. And uh, the, mm-hmm. it was just last week, wasn't it? Just last week. He was a young, he was, young uh, man, wasn't he? 61. Yeah. I mean, you and I are, what are we, 20, 25 years? Yeah, yeah. Who's counting? <laughs> yeah, no, 61. Uh, you know, in a, in a, a pretty healthy guy. And... Uh, just out helping his brother-in-law work on the house. They took a lunch break, and he says, I don't feel so good. And an hour later, he's gone. Hmm. Um, it's just, uh, and it was, we had a memorial service, and it was very densely packed. People in masks, you know, the, the, it was amazing. The, uh, the funeral home did a, a fantastic job of abiding by all the rules, but saying people are going to, they get to memorialize somebody, you know. Um, but, uh, it's, I, I know we don't necessarily need those reminders that, uh, it's any day something can happen and you say, that is not how I expected this day to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about you. You and I have a, a similar history as kids, um, losing family members at a young age and it impacts you in a certain way. Yes, it does. Uh, and as a result. Yeah, you go through your teen years and you say those crazy, goofy things that a lot of my friends are doing, those look risky. I'm not going to do some of those things. I'm not going to do, I think, all of them, actually, right. because I already know how fragile life is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you go off on it. Of course, there, there's a paranoia that goes with it. 
uh, uh, constantly thinking about it. Um, you know, my, my dad died when I was 13 and six months later, his dad passed away. And then six months after that, almost to the day, uh, my father passed away. In fact, uh, in two days, it's 46 years. Wow. He's been gone. And so I had this year of my life where I said, this is not the way you think it's going to go. Not that you think much at that age about how life is supposed to go. Uh, but it forever haunted me, you know, I talking to siblings, there were eight of us, uh, as far as we could count, as high as we could go. Dad wanted a baseball team with a relief pitcher. So he was shooting <laughs> for 10. Mm -hmm. You got to have a relief pitcher. You have to, uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, uh, Every last one of us uh, took to uh, a healthier lifestyle of working out at the gym, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. trying to eat well, because we all had this fear. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is extremely fragile. And so, yeah, I, I'm sure you've had that experience. You're in, you're in high school and, you, and you're seeing friends that, you, that, that are doing things. You go, I would never do stuff like that. That's crazy stuff, you know. Uh, friends, I, I had a friend who would just, he was a, he would, he was a gymnast, but he would, you know, walk on a, like a, a, a cement post in a parking lot and just start doing backflips off of it, you know, into the asphalt. And I thought, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how, this is how people get hurt. Yeah. So I'm with you, Patrick. I never wanted to do any of that stuff, which could have resulted in a phone call to my mom saying, well, I got a chunk of bad news. Uh, your boy's on the way to the hospital, and you know, I, yeah. I just thought, why risk it? What's wrong with a well, little how many broken uh, bones do you have? baseball how many or tennis? What? Yeah, how many broken bones do you have? Uh, zero. I've never had a stitch in my life. I've never had a broken well, bone or a stitch in my life. The stitches I got you on. I, I, okay. I have, I've had quite a few stitches, and I'm, I got good enough where let's just say I could take them out myself. <laughs> I remember getting mm -hmm. a set of stitches once and going to the doctor, and he's like, here, and he hands me the tools, and he shows and I'm I'm pretty certain my mom was observing. I think I was 11 years old. She said, "Am I am I paying for this visit?" Or, or, <laughs> oh, I'm not entirely certain. This seems right. He's doing all the work. Yeah. But uh, I had the stitches, but no, no broken bones. Um, you know, I mean, I've been in car accidents. Those you can't often avoid. That's. Uh, but I never took crazy risks, and and I know it was the fear mm -hmm. that, that drove a lot of that. Mm -hmm. You've also been uh, had a gun pointed at you. Uh, you've been robbed at gunpoint more than once, haven't you? Uh, it was a less than enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. It's surreal. And it's always funny when you talk to people afterwards. I say, you know what I would have done? I says, I know exactly what you would have done. You would have done what I would have done. You would have lied on the floor in the fetal position. <laughs> That's yeah. what you would have done. Right. No, no, no. I would have I would have pretended to be Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody always has this fantastic story. And I say, you know, I, maybe I would have thought that at one point in time. Mm -hmm. And then. Reality kind of catches you off guard and you say, oh, my, oh, my. And I, I think that's how sometimes we deal with shock is that that oh, my moment, because you, it doesn't seem real. Mm -hmm. uh, even a death in the family, if you hear about uh, everybody's probably had this experience in high school, let's say, and then you find out that one of your classmates died. Um, various reasons, car accidents, uh, sickness, it could have been anything. And it is. You go, I just don't believe it. I, I don't believe that. Yeah. That's not possible. Uh, I had a friend in, in high school and he got into a car accident. And I said, no, that's just not, I can't believe it. And at my high school reunion recently, they had his picture up. And I was like, that was before graduation. Oh, wow. That was the last image. Mm -hmm. uh, it's weird getting older, you know. Um, 
I mean, today I was thinking after I was doing this. Yeah, I, I, like as you know, I believe you should be able to, in order to maintain health, you should be able to do your age in push-ups. Right. You do have the year to do them, so that's kind of. <laughs> I find that helpful. Mm-hmm. I do. Like even today, after I was, I thought, gosh, uh, after I finish doing these tasks at this house, you know, I think I'll hit the links. I'm talking about sausage links. It's like I can't play golf. I don't play golf. I think, where are you going with this joke? <laughs> no, well, because you know how they say like your memory isn't the same. It's you can suffer. So I had one. I had one of those experiences the other day where I thought my memory was. I said, this is weird. For the life of me, I could not remember uh, my college roommate's name. And I, I think it was like ten minutes. I'm going, come on, come. It's this is ridiculous that you can't remember this. And then after about 10, 15 minutes of racking my brain, it finally came to me that I did not go to college. Therefore, <laughs> I had not forgotten anybody's name. <laughs> so my memory was just fine. Yeah, and dilemma yeah. solved. Dilemma, I said, I said, oh, isn't that amazing? I actually have a, a you know, top-notch, very good memory because I didn't go to college. Yeah. So yeah. when I look at the fall, which is right around the corner, um, mm-hmm. now there's talk that uh, college football may not happen. I, yeah, it's, um, is it big because of coronavirus, correct? I think it's because of that. Yeah. Not due to lack of interest. College football. Yeah. Do you get the feeling that the people that plan a football team and they're going to be hanging out together anyway? That's a good question. Didn't think of that, but very likely they'd be together because they're pals and teammates and they do life together. Yeah, they do life together. So, uh, you know, we went to a uh, restaurant last night and did some outside dining. It's a place called The Chicken. That's all nice. you need to know. And, uh, you know, it was about half full because they were doing the whole social distancing even outside. But uh, uh, we did walk through to use a, a restroom and it was packed on the inside, which was a little disconcerting. But I thought... How are you going to stop people from doing what they're going to do? Eventually, people are going to say, "I've had enough." Mm-hmm. And, and and I also think the the you know, the the mixed information we've gotten over the months is that people are saying, I, "I don't know if I believe the things that you say." That you know, if 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 we just stayed home for six more weeks and wore masks to bed, that we'd be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you because you are the one same people that said fifteen days to flatten the curve. That's all we're asking, just mm-hmm. fifteen days. That's true. And that was four, five, five months ago. Yeah. So I think that's the problem is they've lost some credibility and yeah. that's why, you know, you take young guys that are, you know, high school or college athletes, uh, maybe they'll put together a, you know, a, a sandlot football game and people will gather and watch it and it will be glorious. Probably. Maybe it'll just be a beautiful, fun thing to watch. That could be very likely. Patrick, thanks so much. Uh, I'm glad you survived the storm this morning in Des Moines and look forward to our next conversation uh, approximately one week from today. So give or take. All right. Give or take. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Yep, Patrick Albanese, my guest, of course, to get things started the week. And we're going to take a little break when we come back. You know what happens next on Mondays? It's the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. All three players are ready and set to go. On Faith Radio.
It's time for the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Easily the grooviest theme song. We didn't even rehearse that. Well, you oh. know, actually, this is the fastest 30 minutes on a Monday for our listeners. I, mean, I, just, so. I believe it is. It just goes like that. I believe it is. Some of them are like, wait a minute, you're not in the traffic that I'm in right now. So <laughs> True. Yeah. keep True praying enough. for me. <laughs> All right. I'd like to open with something from John Newton. Okay. John Newton. John Newton. Sure. Here it is. It's a wise thought. It goes like this. Sometimes I compare the troubles we have to undergo in the course of a year to a great bundle of sticks far too large for us to lift. But God does not require us to carry the whole at once. He mercifully unties the bundle and gives us first one stick, which we are able to carry today, and then another which we are able to carry tomorrow, and so on. This we can easily manage if we would only take the burden appointed for us each day. But we foolishly choose to increase our trouble by carrying yesterday's stick over again today and adding tomorrow's burden before we are required to bear it. As your days, so shall your strength be. Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-five. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yes. What wisdom there? I think so. I think that's that's convicting for me because the concept of borrowing trouble, which people may or may not know is, is from Christ, um, is something that I think we do without, if we don't monitor ourselves and take those thoughts captive, it's it's too easy to fall into that pattern. And suddenly we wonder, why do I not feel equal to the task before me? Why does this feel like too much? Maybe because we're making it too much. Yeah. What's that, that one saying that they say, inch, inch by inch, it's a cent. Yard by yard, it's hard. Mm-hmm, I like that. Some, some of us like to go mile by mile, and it's a long while. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I think, you know, Jesus said that uh, in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, you know, uh, seek first the kingdom of God. Sufficient is tomorrow its own trouble. But man, we like borrowing, don't we? Mm. You know, That's how you end up being burned out. And if you're burned out, it's probably a, a an ongoing exhausted state in, in which you start to kind of lose your your mojo. Is that, hey. a, is that a Greek word, mojo? Mojo? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that new Greek. Um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> mojo. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not sure why we think we have to do that. I mean, unless I'm the only, maybe I'm talking to myself, but why do we think we have to to do that? To lay awake at night wondering about what's going to happen tomorrow? Because I think maybe in my head I can justify that I need to make wise decisions, which means, you know, we look ahead, we try to prepare for the future based on what we know now. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing, but when does that preparation and that looking ahead turn into worry and burden, uh, burdening ourselves and our hearts about things that we can't control? Because that's not an act of faith. So when I think of this, this ongoing exhaustion, and if you're experiencing that, I, you just have my greatest sympathy, um, but I, I'm going to encourage you to start turning this over to the Lord and looking for rest in Him. Because if you've gone through an extended period of exertion over a particular task or a high-stress job, or you're just feeling like you're always having to try to uh, please somebody and you're just so wiped out know that that's not God's plan for you that's not God's desire 
And you can't pursue sleep. It has to pursue you. Mm-hmm. So if you lay there going, I got to get back to sleep, I got to get back to sleep, it's not going to work. Yeah. You just have to say, Lord, if I'm awake tonight and you've awakened me, let my heart pour out joy and praise to you. But help me get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things last week, we talked about the various calls that Jesus gave. Come and see, follow me, be with me, remain in me. But there's a really neat one on this subject. And it's actually out of Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus gives this invitation. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And then NLT says, all you who are exhausted and weighed down beneath your burdens. And he says, and I will give you rest. And, you know, it's interesting because those two words there, like labor, is kind of this continuing state of laboring on until the point of weariness. Uh, Heavy laden, though, is like a cargo ship. I mean, it's like literally just, I mean, bore down and just loaded down. And so one of the things is, why do we allow ourselves to to get that way sometimes? Um, An interesting and kind of um, different perspective to look at it was uh, Eugene Peterson. And Peterson in his book, The Contemplative Pastor, said that we become busy. And like we get really super busy and exhaust us. We're running pillar to post. And he says, sometimes we become busy for two reasons, both ignoble. Number one, I'm busy because I'm vain. I want to appear important, significant. What a better way than to be busy? The incredible hours, the crowded schedule, and the heavy demands of my time are proof to myself and to all who will notice that I am important. I live in a society in which crowded schedules and harassed conditions are evidence of importance, so I develop a crowded schedule and harassed conditions. When others notice, they acknowledge my significance. And Peterson, this is like an owl. He says, you know, my vanity is fed. But then he says, number two, it's because I'm lazy and I I decide to let others decide what I will do instead of resolutely uh, deciding myself. And Jesus just says, come to me, you know, come to me, rest in me. And when we find our identity in him, it helps us to do with all the shoulds in our lives and all the, the expectations. Like, you know, obligation and responsibility, that word responsibility is response able, responsible. That's not a bad thing. Um, but sometimes we are running our, ourselves just reckless with all the things in our mind that we think that we should be doing. And that can just, that can make you exhausted before you, you, you take one foot out of the bed. Great and, wisdom there. And I think sometimes we label other people's expectations or our perceptions of them as though that's what God expects of us. When in actuality, I hear when Jesus is speaking to Martha, and, and this is the, the story that popped into my head, of Mary and Martha, many people are probably familiar with that, but Martha was doing everything she thought she was supposed to do fulfilling all of her responsibilities or expectations. And she couldn't get over the fact that her sister was, she thought, being lazy or slacking off because she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, Mary's chosen the better thing. I'm not going to take that away from her. Um, and and I think sometimes, the, again, those good things get in the way of our pursuing the best thing. And God always calls us to the best thing, which is a relationship with him. And so any of those other good things that tend to get in the way, if we think, oh, again, I'm, I'm too busy to spend that morning in prayer. I'm, I'm too busy. I've got to jump into my day and I don't have time for my Bible reading. I'll just have to catch up later. Well, then maybe I'm just too busy 
stop sentence. Maybe yeah. there's an idol of self-reliance in your heart. Ooh. Why are you Ooh. looking at me? I'm not looking at you. He I'm was looking at me. Looking at me. <laughs> I'm looking between the two of you. <laughs> Strategically not making <laughs> yeah, eye contact. Yes. No, but I mean, maybe we, maybe that's, that there's an idol of self-reliance. So, of course, you're exhausted because you're trying to do everything. And yeah. if it's going to happen, I got to do it. And it, and it feels that way. I, I remember, and I'm, I'm hoping I get this correct, um, Dr. Lee Crabb years ago wrote a book called Connecting. And in the beginning of it, it says, it talks about to the essence of, you know, we really don't like being dependent upon everyone or anyone because everyone who we place trust has let us down. And then he says, uh, towards the end of this, this um, introduction, he says, uh, vulnerability or, or connecting or dependency or, or, or showing our needs to other, he says that's like suicide, you know, and that we feel like so bad that we don't want to do that. And I remember <clears throat> I was reading this when I was in counseling, you know, um, I was going through a phase, a situation of major clinical depression. And my counselor gave me this book and I remember I came back to see him and I, I, you know, basically threw the book down. I said, I'm not reading that. He says, what? I said, dude, I was pegged in the introduction, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so that whole idea that sometimes that, that vulnerability, that, 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 that need, we feel that we've been let down so many times that people sometimes want to pull back and then be self-reliant you know, or I can do it better myself, or I can do it all by myself. And God has not made us to be solo. He's made us a part of a body to be connected and interdependent upon one another. Well, Rebecca, were you going to, you look like you were going to say something. She did. That's I know. kind of how I always look. Though. Was she just looking at us? <laughs> I, maybe I was, she was. She I was listening me. intently. <laughs> I was. But I was also thinking about the, the blessing of rest. And I think God gives us productivity, but also calls upon us to rest. And so that whole, like, we're going through uh, the Ten Commandments and, and through Exodus and our family devotions. And so seeing it through kids' eyes and explaining things like the Sabbath and how things have, have changed in, in tradition and cultural you know, understandings of the Sabbath and what does that mean for us today and one of the interesting things that came out about that is how God calls his people to rest. And then that rest increases our productivity, that we're at mm. our best when we rest in him. And and we have a nine-year-old. And so we t- we're talking about rest. And out of his mouth came this idea that, you know, when we rest, we're at our best. And that made sense. Right. And we said, okay, well, how do we know that we can rest? How does our strength come from our rest? He said, well, I think it's because God doesn't sleep. And so he lets us sleep because he never sleeps. We should have him on. (laughs) (laughs) Calling Josiah. (laughs) Please. I mean, to me, that that makes sense because of exactly what you said, Bill. How often do we lay awake thinking that somehow if I worry enough about this, if I burden my brain enough with Mm -hmm. it, I'm going to somehow come up with an answer or it's going to, you know, become clear. It's going to I'm going to be strong enough to suddenly take on this thing that I couldn't do. Maybe I need to just give it to God and go to sleep. Rebecca, would you be saying that's kind of that saying that there's a difference between activity and productivity? Oh, surely. And that yes. we, we love actively thinking because it, it, it makes us feel like we're doing it, it something. Gives us that right. illusion that you know? we can control it or we can make a difference. Yeah. And how gracious and merciful is our father? Because it almost seems in that sense that it's counterproductive yeah. to rest in him and to, 
you know, lay down, basically get Elijah's discipline. You know, Elijah fights against, you, you know, the, the priest of Baal, and then he runs away because Jezebel threatens his life, and he runs, 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 and he ends up, and he's like, Lord, I'm the only person, and God's like, nope, you're not alone. But he tells him to lay down and rest, and he sends a raven to feed him. He gets up, then he feeds him and says, rest again. And sometimes, I remember when my seminary professor said that sometimes the most godly thing you can do is take a nap. Well, you're, you're doing some self-care. You're taking care of your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you're, you're saying, I, I want to get some rest. I want to get some exercise. I want to maybe enjoy a good laugh with a friend. I want to have a hobby that I enjoy doing because those are all activities that are kind of life-giving. And if you forget those and put those off to the side and spend more time worrying about things you can't change, then you end up not sleeping at night. Yeah, and I think one interesting thing, um, sometimes they've talked about having reflective moments in leadership because you ever notice sometimes when you have something weightier that you've been praying through and you've been thinking about, sometimes it's in the mundane things of life that all of a sudden you're sitting there, you're not thinking about that thing. You might be mowing the yard or you might just be resting or you might be looking at trees or, and then all of a sudden the solution or the answer comes and the least likely of places, not where you were sitting and stressing mm, about, but some point. other place. So sometimes God wants to get us away from some things and just to turn to him and allow him to speak to us. Great point. This is what we get from the Monday afternoon mix. Miles, Arnold, and Maxwell, mostly Miles. But yeah. <laughs> Maxwell. <laughs> it's evenly shared. It is. Thanks. We'll take a short break and be right back. Was I supposed to bebop? No, you you can bring us back in if you want, but just give it a couple seconds so it makes it sound like you're bringing us back in and not me. (laughs) And we're back. See, that's why we let Bill do that. (laughs) (laughs) On the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. There you go. There we go. Oh, that that was was the one. We'll bring it in. Oh, that. Yes, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. You know who we are. Okay. And why we're here. Yeah. There we go. I opened with uh, I opened the show, David, with Psalm forty six one. God is our refuge and strength, and ever present help in trouble. So again, God is our refuge and strength, and ever present help in trouble. And I think that I'm going to connect that to uh, this thing about worry and the bundle of sticks from John Newton. And take the stick. God's untied the bundle. Take the one stick that you have. To deal with today, and don't pick up the one from yesterday, and don't borrow the one from tomorrow. And that's enough for us for right now. Exactly. He knows what we can carry. So what are the things that lead us to want to go back and pick up sticks more than just the It doesn't feel complete. It doesn't feel like that business is finished. Or the enemy is saying, that didn't work out the way you liked. You didn't, you know, you should go back and redo it. And maybe sometimes it's just you're being tormented a little yeah, I think I think failure 
can sometimes do that, either your failure or some some sort of disappointment and expectation. And so you think about, oh, well, how do I make sure that doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this could, the what if thinking, like this yeah. could, this bad thing could happen. Oh, no, I guess I better worry about it for a while to make sure that doesn't happen because I have that power. Um, but yeah, I I think in for my own confession, there are times when I cross the line between wanting to be um, a good manager of my resources and time and, and preparing ahead and into worrying about things that I can't control. So I think mm. if I can figure out all the different ways this could go, then I can manage that and I can come up with a plan for each scenario. And in that world, I've crossed the line because I think I can take the place of God. <laughs> and, and I can't, cannot do that. Well, you know, part of the, the, the story, you know, the gospel story is how God lays out a plan for us and in ways we like to usurp his plan and kind of say like, no, 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 I'm going to do this my way. And sometimes it, you know, and maybe it feels comforting, even though it's like chaotic and like not good for us, you know, that we feel this comfort like we're doing something and that, you know, I'm picking up something and it's activity or one thing that Luis Palau once said, he said, if I can get a person, if a person would be in a room and just quiet by themselves for literally like 10 minutes, you know, that really gives them a perspective of eternity in their life with God and sharing the gospel. And so I think sometimes our busyness, maybe it's not even so much that we are even hiding from other people, we're hiding from ourselves. And we sometimes don't like what we see inside of ourselves, um, which is okay because we're not left to ourselves. And it goes back to what we read at the beginning where Jesus says, come to me, come to me. And, you know, that's an invitation that just, he continually just, just gives to us. You know, this morning he was saying, come to me, you know, and you know, you may have woke up this morning and heard him saying that to you. And it's like, oh, man, I got this going on. And, you know, the day has gotten crazy. And even now as you're driving, you know, in your car, you know, maybe right now you're you're dealing with some bad weather in Waterloo and it's raining um, and driving home. But the Lord is saying, you know, come to me. Or maybe you're out in Hartford, one of our other sister stations out there and high to the East Coast. And, you know, just dealing, you know, you guys get interesting weather all the time. But he's still saying to you right now, come to me. And if you, maybe you're wondering, does God know, does he care? He's wanting the three of us to say to you that he's saying, come to me. Come to me and rest in me and have a relationship with me because I love you and I want to lift those heavy burdens off your shoulder. In in the Bible, it always talks about talks about courage and, and being of good cheer. And I know that that whenever God says, fear not, there's always a reason behind that. There's always a reason to have courage. And that reason is always, is always God himself. He's our object, the object of our faith. And he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. So his nature and his character is flawless. And we rest in him and him alone. Not our circumstances. But when God says, be of good cheer, that's, it's really, I think it literally means boldness and confidence. That's a great place to be. It's not easy to, to, to always do, uh, given your day. But if you're struggling today, I want to encourage you to have 
confidence and boldness. Yeah, and and even the courageous part doesn't mean an absence of fear, you know. And sometimes the things that we think are our weaknesses, and even in sharing those things, actually is, is strength. Because you ever notice, like somebody will actually be vulnerable, and they'll share their story and. People are like, wow, you know, thank you. Usually because someone else is feeling or experiencing or thinking those very things themselves, but they're grateful for someone to to be human, to be to be real. And I think God has given us that gift as believers in Christ that, that we, because we know our state and we know what he's done, it gives us an ability to, to um, have a weakness because... Yeah, if someone says you're weak, we can point you to Jesus, you know, who is strong. Mm -hmm. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, it says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. So we have a lot of confidence. We can be bold and courageous. The image that came to my mind is the image from a praise song, so... I, this feels like a great hour it. for quotes. There you go. You I don't sing it. I don't know if anybody wants that right now. Oh yeah, they do. Uh, but we heard you sing it a while. There's a, that's that's true. That's strategic. Uh, but <laughs> there's a song. I think it's called Here Again or something uh, like that. I can't remember the title. Well, let's hear, but, let's hear a bar. Come there on. we go. As I walk now through the valley, let your love rise above every fear. Like the sun shaping the shadow, in my weakness your glory appears. Mm. That's nice. And I just love that like image that. of the, the light of God that's that sh- the things that we think are the darkest, the things that we don't necessarily want to reveal to everyone or that we, we don't think are, are very pretty. God uses that very thing in our weakness to manifest his glory to the world. And I think you've said before, David, that we can connect at the point of our brokenness, that when we're struggling with, you know, the sickness of a loved one, you know, an unexpected diagnosis, maybe um, a death, it's, you know, just the depression that many people seem to be facing right now, that that's where people can connect. And they don't need to see some kind of Superman or Superwoman yes. that, that can, you know, conquer and, and rise above it all. They want to see someone that understands the pain and that yet has hope in the midst of that. That's what I thought of. That was awesome. That was great. And in Luke twelve thirty two, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That'll give you confidence. That will. I like um, one time um, reading this or hearing this with the reality that people are coming from deep places of pain. And I remember, I think I was listening while biking to, had picked up, um, on audio, um, power of vulnerability. And Brene Brown said, if you talk to people long enough, you'll hear a story that will make you cry or will bring you to your knees. That is so true. You know, and I think Jesus makes it possible for us to be vulnerable. You know, um, if we pick up our cross, if we, he who tries to save his life loses it, but he who le- loses his life for my sake will save it. And he still calls us to mm-hmm. come to him because that's our ultimate place of rest. David, we have a minute. Would you pray? I would. Love that. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much because your love is so amazing. And we love the words as it says in 1 John 3, 1, what love has the Father lavished on this, that we should be called children of God. And I love the NIV because it goes on to say, and that's what you are. And so, Lord, we pray today as those are driving home, um, as people are heading to see family and friends, and I pray that you would just overshadow them with the love of Christ, of the sacrifice of Christ, that Christ didn't just talk a good game, but that he gave his only life that we might have life. And so, um, Lord, we hear your word saying, come to me. And wherever people are at today, just take a turn, take a step towards Jesus and let him meet you there. So we pray this in Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. Amen. That is the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. David, thank you for being here once again. Thank you, Bill. We wouldn't do this without you, just so you know. Thank you. Yeah, Rebecca, Rebecca. likewise. Thanks. Cool. All I'll right. I'll be here next hour, too. I figured you would be. <laughs> if you weren't, I'm in a whole heap of trouble. <laughs> hour two is just ahead. We're going to have um, Dr. Cal Beisner. He's going to give us our update on what's going on in the climate world. And if you have questions, he's a brilliant mind. Let us know what they are. 877-933-2484. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.